the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. More resources available online at jenniferjackson.com. This is Simply for Women. And you can listen to Amy Lively. We were talking yesterday about her life, how she was raised in this phenomenal Christian home, and how after many years she came back fully to the Lord. Welcome back to the show, Amy. We are so glad to have you. Hi, Jennifer. It's really good. We want to talk about your love for the Lord, your passion for God. You have such a, a love for him that you share it with others. And that's what we're all supposed to be doing. But sometimes we don't do that. Can you help us along that journey? How do we share our faith? How can we do that in a relevant way in this crazy world that we're living in? Uh, we want to unpack that a little bit. Well, gosh, I told you yesterday how I haven't always been a good Christian, and I'll just confess at the, at the beginning here, I haven't <laughs> always been a good neighbor either. But, you know, after after I came back to the Lord and he was really just teaching me about himself through his word and his church and his people um, and my, my life with him, he kept annoying me, there's no other way to say it, with this this scripture that I kept reading over and over from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And it was this thing about loving your neighbors. And I realized that as I sat there on my yellow love seat, looking out over my Lancaster, Ohio neighborhood, that I didn't know any of these people that were living around me. I mean, I just knew a handful of them. They had, you know, kids my daughter's age. But for the most part, it was very quiet neighborhood. People weren't out mingling. We didn't have sidewalks and front porches. We had backyards and attached garages. And um, we didn't have coffee shops. We didn't have a park. If if you weren't going to knock on someone's door, you were not going to meet someone there. It was just a quiet place like that. Very nice neighborhood, but one of my neighbors told me, um, she said, we don't neighbor as a verb. And it is a verb to be out there in the neighborhood and so it's true uh, we're so time, private aren't we yeah. yes we just pull in shut that door go out in the backyard um you know when i when we moved there i was thinking you know location 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 i wasn't thinking neighbor 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 <laughs> it's a very different thing to look around at the people instead of the place and the amenities of, of where you're looking but um why do you think we do time, that why do you think we don't neighbor very well in the U.S. anymore. Okay. Well, I'll only speak for myself because this might come down hard. I was lazy. Hmm. I would rather be taking care of my family, whom I love, mm-hmm. naturally and deeply, than taking the time and making the effort to go love, and I'm putting that in air quotes, love people who I didn't even know, who don't always look like me, don't definitely don't think like me, don't have the same political signs in their yard, don't pull out of their driveways at the same time on Sunday morning, um, have different bumper stickers on their cars when they drive by. Um, that takes that takes a lot. That is a sacrifice. I never looked at my calendar and went, oh, my gosh, I have nothing to do today. <laughs> I think I'll just go. You <laughs> love my neighbor who does that. 
but yet it's the greatest commandment, isn't it, to go and to love. And yeah. uh, sometimes I guess we just have to be intentional. And you talk a lot about being intentional. And I think you call it a neighborhood cafe. How can we do that? Well, I, I had the idea to invite neighbors over for a Bible study. And there were two problems. I'd never taught a Bible study and I didn't know my neighbors. And so I realized quickly that that would be weird. <laughs> so instead I invited them to an open house. And I lived on Rosewood Drive, so I called it the Rosewood Cafe. And I said, that's not a real cafe. It's just a time to get to know one another over coffee at my kitchen table. And then we're going to get together for a Bible study. But, you know, the open house was just for everyone to come, whether they wanted to do a Bible study or not, just to meet some people and make some connections. And and it was just really well received. Everybody said, you know what, I'd like to know my neighbors too. And some of them said, no, I, I never want to come to a Bible study. And so others did. That at, wasn't my responsibility. I just had to ask them. So at the actual Rosewood Cafe, mm-hmm. did you invite mm-hmm. them that very first cafe back to the Bible study, or did you have a few cafes and then invite them to the Bible study? Well, it was always called the Rosewood Cafe. I do an open house and then a Bible study. And then a couple times a year, maybe like January and, and fall, I would do an open house. And we're starting a new topic or we're you know doing a new book. And I would get to know a few different neighbors and, you know, start a new season of Bible study. And some people would just come to the open house. Some would just come um, for one season. Others came for the next eight years for every other Friday. Um, And others would just come to my house at another time, you know, and not be take any part of that. And they were, you know, wanted just a a personal conversation. And that was great, too. Um, But other people started hearing about it and, and one of my friends said, well, I'd like to do that in my neighborhood. So I helped her start one in Carroll. And then another, you know, friend wanted to do it somewhere else. So I just started keeping track of everything that, that worked and everything that failed miserably and put those into, into resources called the Neighborhood Cafe so that any woman in any neighborhood could adapt this to, to her needs and to her personality and what was happening in her town and just go out and, and use those tools to meet other people and so some of the nuts and bolts, do you do this every other week? Do you always have to make brownies or cupcakes or something like that? What are some of the, I mean, you your, went from lazy to a cafe. <laughs> your house must be pristine. You must know all the books of the Bible. You must have all the answers to all the hard questions. Uh, no, that's never going to happen either. Um, you do it at a schedule that works for you, whether that's once a month, whether it's every other week, whether it's every week, whether it's weekday, weekend, morning, evening. There's so much flexibility. You think I help women figure out what works for them. Um, you can do a Bible study. You can do a book club. You can do a salad club. You can do a walking club. It doesn't matter. The point is to take intentional steps off of your front porch onto the street and up to the houses around you so that you can have natural connections that lead to spiritual conversations. And that's the don't be weird part. Um, It is weird when we go with an agenda. Like, I'm going to convert you right now, whether you want it or not. Before I know you, before I know anything about you, before I know your needs, your hopes, your dreams, before I've caught your tears and hugged your neck. Um, Mm -hmm. That's weird. So we do those things first. Like, just, just get to know people for who they are and love them right where they're at. And, and and see what see what happens. I think that's wonderful. What has happened? Have you seen people come to know the Lord over time? 
Oh my goodness, yes. I've seen people meet the Lord for the first time. I've seen people grow in their faith. I've also met people that were like years ahead of me in their faith that were living around me that I had no idea. You know, a prayer warrior right in my backyard who I could have been um, partnering with in our community all these years that I had no idea because we went to a different church. Never had occasion to meet her um, until I went and knocked on the door. But I also saw Jennifer how there is a longing in all of our hearts for connection and for community. There's an epidemic of loneliness that's literally killing people. And I was able to meet women from from Connecticut to California and, and Florida and Texas and all over the United States and Canada and Great Britain and Australia. And God grew an international ministry out of this thing that started in my living room. And I almost missed it because I was so resistant to doing that hard thing of, of putting my shoes on and walking out of my house. I almost missed it. And that's what we're missing in our neighborhoods. We're missing the joy. We're missing the blessing, the abundance. You know, we think, oh, they need me. You know, I got the gospel. They need me. Well, gosh, we don't realize how much we need them in our lives. It's such a brilliant plan and command of our Lord. It's so simple, and it really is a command of the Lord to reach out to one another. And to, to it sounds very similar to the first church to me. Well, Amy, we just have a couple minutes left, and I want to talk about you went from sharing your faith in these neighborhood cafes all over to have, having faith in hard times. So well, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. How do you have faith, you know, it's one thing to share your faith, but then you hit a hard time. How, how do we do that? And First Peter kind of makes that clear to us. Yeah, the, uh, First Peter's audience was going through such intense suffering, and if everyone can relate to um, those times where it's just like the end of the world as you know it. And I started teaching what became my second book at my neighborhood cafe to my neighbors in my living room in 2012. And now those lessons have have come together in a new book that I wrote it in such a way that you can sit down with a neighbor and work through the book of First Peter, hearing stories of, of biblical stories, my stories, other women's stories, to, to find that faith for hard times that really sustains you when it feels like everything is crumbling beneath your feet. And Peter got it from Jesus, and he poured it out to us, and it is such a message of hoping fully in the and the grace of Christ that's revealed when we're going through these trials. Mm, that's awesome. You know, God wants to be with us. He wants to meet us in those hard times. Why don't you say a one sentence prayer before we have to go for someone who's in a hard place? Oh, Lord, there is someone there who doesn't know how she's going to get another breath, let alone another day. I pray, Father, that your spirit would just enfold her and, and fill her with your living hope in Jesus Christ to sustain her through these times. Lord, give her a godly friend to come alongside of her, a church of people who knows your word and can support her. And Father, tell her in no uncertain terms that Jesus Christ is there for her. In yes. his name we pray. Amen. In his name, amen. Well, that was Amy Lively. You can go to amylively.com to learn more. And I'm Jennifer Jackson. You've been listening to Simply for Women. It's wonderful, isn't it, to come alongside one another in the hard times, in our neighborhoods, in the good times, just to love one another as Jesus asks us 
so clearly to do. Well, to learn more, go to jenniferjackson.com. You've been listening to Simply for Women. We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith. To hear today's show again or to share it with a friend, search Simply for Women wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit Jennifer's website at jenniferjackson.com. That's jenniferjackson.com. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be, simply be with God. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.